You're listening to the Deeper Christian Bible Study Series on Ephesians. Thanks for joining me, Nathan Johnson, in an in-depth, verse-by-verse study of Paul's letter to the Ephesians. Let's dive into the lesson for the day. Welcome to Lesson 12 of the Deeper Christian Bible Study Series in the book of Ephesians. Today, we're going to focus on the first half of Ephesians chapter 1, verse 6. Now, to truly understand verse 6, you must see it in light of the context of the entire passage. So again, Paul is talking in verses 3 through 14 about the countless blessings that we have in God. And specifically, verses 3 through 6 talk about the blessings that we have in the Father. Now, remember, every blessing that's mentioned in this passage finds its fulfillment in Jesus Christ. Well, let me just read the first five verses to kind of bring us up to speed. This is the context. Paul says this, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world to be holy and blameless before him in love. He predestined us to adoption as sons to himself through Jesus Christ, according to the good pleasure of his will. And now we come to our verse. Paul continues and says, to the praise of the glory of his grace, which he graciously bestowed on us in the beloved. Now catch the flow. God has blessed us with every spiritual blessing and that he has chosen us. Think about this. He has chosen you and I in Christ before the foundations of the world, that we are to be holy and blameless before him, that he has adopted us as children of God. And all of this is done in love, according to the good pleasure of his will. And it's like as this anthem or this climactic statement, Paul continues in verse six and declares to the praise of the glory of his grace. See, all of this was done through God's grace that it might elicit praise and glory. So this statement is really important. In fact, it's repeated three times in our passage from verses 3 to 14. So at the end of each of the sections of the blessings associated with the Father, Son, and Spirit, this this phrase is mentioned. For for example, here in verse 6, at the end of the blessings we have in the Father, it reads, to the praise of the glory of His grace. And then in verse 12, at the end of the section of the blessings we have in the Son, Paul says, for the praise of his glory. And at the end of the section, verse uh, 13 and 14, about the blessings that we have in the Spirit, it reads, to the praise of his glory. So you begin to see that this becomes a bookend for each of the three small sections within this larger blessing discourse. So in other words, Every single blessing that God gives us, which finds its fulfillment and focus in Jesus, get this, is unto the praise of God's glory. So every blessing really flows into this, wow, praise, glory, majesty, and worship. Uh, Have you ever been to a Broadway musical? I love Broadway musicals. Uh, The lights dim, the orchestra, orchestra starts to play, the curtains open, and the actors come out onto the stage and they begin to sing and they begin to dance. And I, ha- I just love musicals. I, I have a huge uh, affinity for musicals. In fact, ever since I was a little taught, I, I've always wanted to be in a real life musical. See, I just want to be going about my day and somehow in the middle of my day, just someone starts to sing and, and we just break out into dancing and be a lot of fun. 
Uh, and it's never really happened. In fact, the only time it's been really close is back in junior high school. Uh, there was a really popular song on the radio and the, the bell would ring for us to get out of class and everyone would usher into the hallways and someone, someone down the hall would start singing this song and it would kind of, kind of trickle through and everyone would start singing the song in the hallway. It lasted for about one week, but oh, it was exciting. It was a horrible song, but oh, I was excited because it was the best or the closest to a real life Broadway musical that I've, I've, been, I've been able to get to. Think about this. In a musical, breaking out into song and dance is a normal part of the reality. But how much more should our lives break out into praise and rejoicing for the truth and the reality of God's grace and his glory? See, when you look at these three statements found in verse 6, verse 12, and verse 14, which has this idea of to the praise of his glory, you begin to realize that our whole lives should be unto the praise of his glory. In fact, Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 10, 31, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. And you realize the Psalms are full of this kind of language. Psalm 24, verse 7 through 10 says, Lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be lifted up, O ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord, strong and mighty, the Lord, mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O gates, and lift them up, O ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the King of glory. Psalm 19.1 says that the heavens declare the glory of God and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. In other words, all of creation is declaring forth his glory. How much more should your, your and my life do the same? Psalm 29.2 says, give unto the Lord the glory that is due his name. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Interestingly, Romans 3.23 tells us that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That God's glory is our standard and, and our reality that we have fallen short of. Yet it was God's grace while we were yet sinners that brought salvation and, re, and redeemed us from all sin and lawlessness. Uh, when, when you look at the life of Jesus the writer of Hebrews tells us that, that Jesus is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of God's nature. And he upholds the universe by the word of his power. In other words, get this, Jesus is the highest and greatest expression of God's glory. And here we are, filled with the Spirit of God, and He desires that everything in our lives would be a declaration of His glory and His grace. In essence, Jesus should be the musical score of our lives. When someone looks at our lives, they should hear and see Him. Every blessing in our life, again, which is found in Jesus, is for the purpose of declaring and praising His glory. Jesus, in his high priestly prayer, stated, And I am glorified in them. See, when we as Christians live by Christ and for Christ, allowing his spirit within us to source our lives, our lives, in fact, will glorify Jesus. See, our lives will make him known. Our lives will be the anthem of praise to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. This is better than a Broadway musical. 
Jesus also said on the Sermon on the Mount, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. See, what's taking place within us will cause others to see a demonstration of God through us and in turn cause them to glorify God. Does your life reflect the life, the attitude, the heart, the nature of Jesus Christ? Can the world see the blessings of God in your life? Seeing holiness and, and the fact that you are chosen and adopted as a child of the King? And does your life so burn, burn so bright before the world that they can't help but give credit and glory to God? As Ian Thomas once said, the only explanation for your life should be Jesus. That when the world looks at you, they just say, I, I don't know how you're living. The only way I can explain it is Jesus. Uh, it's interesting that the word glory in Greek is the word doxa, which means glory as you think of it, honor, majesty, brightness, renown, or magnificence. But the word doxa can also be translated perspective or opinion. Now, now think with me. Paul is giving the blessings that God has bestowed upon us. And this is God's perspective. It's his plan. It's his work. It's his, it's his life being lavishly poured out upon us. And Paul says that it is all for the praise of his opinion, his thoughts on the matter, his perspective, his glory. In other words, the blessings that you and I get to experience in Jesus is his master plan or it's his purpose. See, God has decided even before the foundations of the world, according to the good pleasure of his will, that that as he brought blessing in your life, it would turn and produce praise and glory to and for him. And, and you realize that if we caught his perspective and opinion on our identity in Christ, who we are as beloved sons and daughters of the king, we couldn't help but praise him. Do you realize that praise is not a transaction we do or some obligation or duty that we perform? Praise is a lifestyle. It's, it's worship. And worship biblically is not merely singing songs, though those are, those are included. Worship and praise is a lifestyle that spills out of intimacy and oneness with Jesus. You can see that even in verse 6 at the very end when Paul writes that God's grace has been bestowed upon us in the beloved. The term beloved or beloved is a relational one. See, we're not talking about some foreign dignitary that we once met or, or even a powerful king we were forced to bow down to. Yes, Jesus is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Yes, every knee will bow. But Paul uses a relational term and says that Jesus is the beloved. He's the loved one. He is the one held in great affection and care. He is the one that the Father takes delight and pleasure in. You know the scene that when Jesus was baptized by John the Baptist, as he came out of the water, the heavens opened and the father said, you are my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. It's like a dad bringing his son over and sitting him down on his knee and saying, son, I am proud of you. Whoa, I am, I'm just excited to be your dad. That, that's what God was doing. The father was doing over Jesus. All over the Gospels, Jesus told his disciples that the very same kind of intimacy that he had with the Father is the same intimacy and oneness that they were to have with Jesus. Do you have that? You realize it is only when we are in intimacy with Jesus, the beloved one, that proper praise can spill forth from our lives. What would it look like 
to not get wrapped up in the blessings themselves, but the one who is blessed and is bestowing blessing upon us. Sure, the blessings are tremendous, but the blessings should cause us to turn toward God and allow praise and worship to bubble forth for the wonder of his glory and his grace. Your life is a musical. Perhaps you don't walk down the street and everyone breaks out in a song and dance. But your life is to be a praise anthem to our precious Lord and King. Not just when you go to church and sing a song, but every moment of every single day is to be for the praise of the glory of his grace, which he has graciously bestowed on us in the beloved. And that, my friend, is better than Broadway. Well, thanks for joining me for today's study. Next time, we're going to finish looking at verse 6 and look specifically at this idea of God's amazing grace. And as a reminder, if you would like to see an outline of this study or read a commentary version of the passage, you can do so by going to deeperchristian.com forward slash Ephesians 12 for lesson number 12. And you can also check out all the previous studies in Ephesians by visiting deeperchristian.com forward slash Ephesians. And until next time, No, I am cheering you on as you build your life around this one who is praiseworthy, Jesus Christ. See you then. Thank you for listening to this study from the book of Ephesians with Nathan Johnson. If you would like additional resources to help you build your life around Jesus Christ, I encourage you to check out my website at deeperchristian.com. This podcast is the audio version taken from my video series in Ephesians. And if you would like to view the video version of this study, you can do so at deeperchristian.com forward slash Ephesians.